This is AgriPulse Open Mic. I'm your host, Jeff Daly. Our guest this week is the ranking Democrat on the House Agriculture Committee, Colin Peterson. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by NCIS, the National Crop Insurance Services. America's crop insurance industry provides individualized protection on more than 311 million acres of farmland. Crop insurance remains the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. AgriPulse Open Mic continues with Minnesota's Colin Peterson, next. Today's Open Mic segment is brought to you by America's crop insurance industry, which is thankful for the continued support of farmers, commodity organizations, rural businesses, lenders, and lawmakers who are fighting to maintain a strong farm safety net. America's crop insurance industry, providing individualized protection on more than 311 million acres of farmland. Crop insurance remains the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. This is AgriPulse Open Mic. The 2018 Farm Bill Conference Committee is scheduled to hold their first full membership meeting next week. During the August break, House Ag Committee Ranking Member Colin Peterson says staff members have been actively working to resolve differences in the respective pieces of legislation, knowing the September 30th deadline is drawing near. Well, they're making pretty good progress, you know, when they've been keeping us informed. I actually went back to D.C. last week for two days and uh, spent some time with my staff. I spent time with Senator Roberts and uh, Senator Stabenow. I think it was very productive. Uh, so we've been working on it, and uh, I would have to say the last two, three days, things have started to break loose. Uh, decisions being made, there is... Uh, uh, less being made of things that uh, the big four have to resolve, and uh, they've got a timeline in terms of uh, what we have to meet in order to get this thing done by September 30th. Uh, so, you know, I'm optimistic. Things are moving, and I, I think we can get this done. Is there a renewed urgency for this, not just the expiration of the 14, but given prices where they are and uncertainty over trade? Well, I think there is. Uh, clearly, in the case of Senator Roberts, uh, I think, uh, and Senator Stabenow both uh, mentioned that in the meetings, that uh, that they want certainty and the farmers need this. Um, although the bill is really a, a, a continuation of the status quo. Uh, and so I don't know how important all that is, but it, it obviously... Uh, is better to have the, this thing nailed down than not have it down, nailed down. The, the question is, if this keeps on, is this going to be adequate, you know, when we get into this winter or next year, uh, you know, in terms of uh, safety net being what it needs to be. I think the concern among others that we've spoken with is that if this is a short-term situation done by the winter, that's one thing, but if it carries into 19 and beyond, or if there is a paradigm shift in global agriculture and who supplies China's needs, then that really could change the face of the business here in the U.S. No, there's no question about that. But, you know, given the fact that we've got, you know, like I say, a status quo uh, situation, is that, you know, if this thing carries on, which I'm afraid it might, uh, is that going to be adequate? But I mean, that's not something we can really 
deal with at this point anyway. So the best thing we can do is get this done. And I am 100% on board. I told uh, both Roberts and Stabenow that I'm there to help them get this done, that whatever they can agree to on SNAP, on food stamps, that I am with them. Uh, you know, I'm, it's, it's between the two of them and uh, the chairman of Conaway. Whatever they can, whatever the Senate will agree to, I can agree to. You know, so I'm not going to be holding this thing up if I got anything to say about it. How do you feel about the Senate version of the language as it pertains to the nutrition title? Well, they made some uh, some reforms, and uh, I can support what's in the Senate bill. I think there are things beyond that that could be done. It should have been done in the House bill. That was part of my uh, reason that I was upset with what happened. I, you know, we had. 23 hearings, and we had a lot of ideas raised in terms of things that needed to be uh, resolved or changed, and uh, none of that ended up in the bill. So the Senate's got some good reforms. I think there could be more done with waivers, uh, you know, and whether that's going to be enough, uh, you know, to move in that direction, if that's enough to bring the chairman and and the House Republicans along, we'll, we'll have to see. But uh, I'm not going to I can live with whatever the Senate agrees to. And uh, Senator Roberts has got the same concerns about the staff provisions in the House bill that I have. The same, they're spending a whole bunch of money on something that is, frankly, a waste of money, and we shouldn't be doing that. And uh, he and I, I think, are in agreement. So I've kind of given them my proxy, and and I think I, I'm comfortable that... Uh, what they can work out is something I can live with. From your observation, the Speaker of the House, Mr. Ryan, and the Chairman, Mr. Conaway, are they still in line and are they still pushing for welfare reform or do you sense a, a notion of compromise? <laughs> so far, I think they're still pushing. But they're going to have to compromise pretty quick or they're going to kill the bill. Because <laughs> the Senate, I can tell you this, after being back there last week, the Senate is not going there under any circumstances. And I've told Conaway that two months ago, but uh, and also we'll see. I mean, if they don't want a bill, that's the way to get it. I'm asking your opinion here. Do you think the Senate language uh, will be approved by the conservatives in the House enough to get the votes to pass that compromise language? No, but I never expected the conservatives in the House to vote for this bill no matter what we do. So I, I just, that's why I was objecting to this whole strategy because, frankly, they're against the bill not because of SNAP. They're against it because they're against farm programs. Most of these Freedom Caucus guys, they want to, they want to abolish, uh, crop insurance and farm programs. That's, they're on the Heritage Foundation agenda. So that, you know, they're never going to vote for this anyway. But I think with the Senate language, I can deliver a hundred Democrats for this bill. So we don't need those people. Let's talk about low-hanging fruit. Well, I think we have uh, apparently are pretty close on eight or nine titles. Uh, you know, so the sticking points are we still haven't got an overall agreement on money. Uh, we still haven't got uh, the staff obviously worked out. We have uh, considerable work to do on conservation. Uh you know, tied up in the SNAP or in the money issue is what the Senate did. You know, they took money out of cotton, 
which the chairman doesn't like, and uh, they made, you know, uh, they claim, the Senate claims that, that the House bill is a uh, power grab by Southern agriculture, which I don't sure if I agree with that. But uh, so that's some of the issues we got to get worked out. But uh, the big issue is uh, overall money, uh, the food stamp issue, and conservation. I would say those are the the biggest things that have to get worked out. With regard to payments, the House language would have opened those eligible to receive support under the farm program. The Senate would tighten it up. Do you anticipate that is a bump that has to be resolved? Well, it's yeah, it'll get resolved. I don't think that's going to be something that's going to hang up the bill. You know, it'll get resolved. I don't know what I think about that. I'm not a big fan of payment limits in the first place, so... I don't know what to think about the language that Conaway put in there, uh, why it's necessary, you know, and uh, I think going to uh, this uh, actively engaged language is problematic. Uh, it would have been easy to do. We would have done it years ago. But, you know, we'll get it worked out. So with regard to conservation, there is consolidation of programs and perhaps even a lessening of funds. Let's go inside conservation. What do you see are the points that, that you need for your state that you see the industry needs? I know early on you were talking about some expansion of the CRP. Well, we're going to get the expansion because we're going to reform the system. And uh, that's how I got the money to go to 29 million acres. Uh the House and the Senate didn't do as much reform, and so they only went 25. Uh, I guess I would guess we'll probably end up at 27, and uh, we will do reforms uh, because it needs to be reformed. We're paying too much for the CRP, and we're we're allowing good farmland to go into CRP, and we're keeping bad farmland out. And what I'm proposing is that we have a market-based solution here. That you know, if, if if we adopted the eighty percent uh, cap that I have in the House bill, I'll guarantee you there would not be good farmland going into CRP. There's nobody's going to put good quality farmland in at eighty percent. Now that might be too drastic. Uh, we are actually right now, as we speak, uh, uh, my staff is over with the Senate right now with an with an offer that we're making to them. So. You know, we'll work that stuff out, too. But um, there needs to be reforms, you know, in the system. I don't think there's any question about it. So, Congressman, the one issue that we didn't mention was dairy. And, of course, dairy closely tied to NAFTA. We'll get to that in just a second. The dairy provisions of the bill, are you satisfied with what the House had to offer? Do you see a final language that resembles more of what you were hoping for? Yeah, well, I think the biggest issue is... To uh, to have a nine dollar margin on the margin protection program, that's in both bills. They went to five dollar catastrophic coverage. Uh, we didn't, uh, you know, that spent a bunch of money. The big guys want that. That's probably going to have to be in the bill. Uh, some of these other things that the Senate put in there, you know, I I don't think are the greatest ideas but uh, you know it's not the end of the world where they're gonna they're gonna give people back all their money they put into the margin protection program and all this other stuff um, you know it's not it's not 
<laughs> it's a moral hazard, you know, kind of situation. But uh, you know, it's not the end of the world. The biggest thing is we get the nine dollar coverage. Uh, we also get flexibility so that you can be in all programs. You can be in uh, the uh, margin protection program. You can be in the, uh, the new revenue uh, crop insurance system. And uh, you can also be in the LGM. You just can't put the same milk in, you know, in, 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 you can't cover the same milk, but you can be in all three programs if you want to be. Congressman, is it safe to say that trade agreements are as big an issue as farm programs right now for the dairy farmer? Well, politically, I'm not sure in reality that's the case, but it's, uh, there's a lot of politics being played here. I mean, there was never any chance of the Canadians giving up the supply management system. I don't, you know, I mean, this whole trade thing is just, it's all politics. And it doesn't make any sense. But in the case of dairy, I mean, I can guarantee you, and I could have guaranteed them before they ever started, that the Canadians are not going to give up their system. And we made a mistake in NAFTA allowing them to keep it. And they can do whatever they want, but uh, there won't be a NAFTA deal if they insist on the Canadians giving up supply management. It's not going to happen. So this this idea that that's going to be any kind of savior of dairy is is a non-starter. So then thinking of the, the vote coming up, hopefully a conclusion, what do you expect of that first meeting? And if you had to read the tea leaves, how long do you think it'll take this committee to resolve the measure? When's the drop-dead date? Well, I'm hearing it's the 12th or 15th of September that if we don't have it resolved, we're not going to be able to uh, get the language and the CBO scores. Uh, so that first meeting is basically for show uh, so everybody can make speeches. Uh, hopefully, by the time we get to that meeting, we'll have most of this stuff resolved. Uh, so uh, we're working. We're uh, All four of us are committed to getting this thing done. And uh, hopefully when we have this public meeting, they won't bring in a bunch of other issues that we don't need. <laughs> you know, we got enough trouble dealing with what we got. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. If this, if you're not able to make the September 30 deadline, what's the chance of a lame duck session and still having it done in the calendar year? Uh, you know, I don't want to talk about that. We, we're going to get this thing done. That's my position and we're going to i'm going to do everything i can to make sure it happens positive thoughts with you on that i know there's a lot in the uh, industry in the country that are hoping for that we thought wotus was uh, going to uh, be done away with under this administration with this epa now with litigation it's back again is it time to let this play out in the courts and with the administration or does the congress <laughs> have to step in well i don't know what we could do I mean, this is the reason, you know, I've been on every regulatory reform thing, including WOTUS, that we've done. And this is what's wrong with the, with what our system is. These agencies have more power than Congress does. And this is a good example of it. Because they finalized the rule, we can't repeal it. If you can imagine that. You know, and that's where we're at. You know, so the only way they can get rid of the rule is to write a new rule. And that's what they're in the process of doing. And they have to follow the misguided uh, principles of the existing rule and, you know, and ostensibly write uh, 
exceptions for agriculture, and that's not going to work. because We've been trying to define a wetland since 1985, and we still can't define it. We still got people that have blue dots and yellow dots and red dots and are still not having certainty about what a wetland is. You know, I mean, and this is just going to, I don't think this is going to get fixed no matter what they do because the, the, we have to take the power away from these agencies. They have too much power. They can legislate more than we can. And that's what's wrong with the system. Staying with the regulatory agency, the EPA under new direction, do you have a better sense that this agency is addressing the renewable fuel industry that is addressing some of these other major concerns of agriculture? Well, I don't know. I think it's too early to tell. It can't be any worse. But, uh, you know... (laughs) We'll have to see what happens. All right. Circling back on the farm bill, a lot in the livestock industry hoping for uh, not just the promise of, but funding for the the disease bank and having a reserve of vaccine to protect the livestock herd. Uh, Is there hope that uh, that the conference committee will come up with funds? I hope it will. I mean, I I did the motion, uh, you know, to instruct uh, on this, and I I think we need to have a mandatory uh, funding for uh, livestock disease, and uh, that's in the House bill, and I hope it ends up with the Senate bill. All right. Congressman, from your perspective, what are we leaving on the table with regard to policy or what's in front of this legislature now as we approach the midterms? What are you the most concerned about for agriculture or the most hopeful aside from a farm bill? I'm the most concerned about this trade strategy. or I, I don't get it, and I hope that there's something there that I don't understand and that I'm wrong, but uh, I just I think we're on the wrong track here, and I I don't see the outcome that's going to be uh, good, but we'll see. I noted one journalist this past week that suggested that there probably was a consensus in Washington that something needed to be done with regard to China, but the question was how to go about it. Well, first of all, I voted against uh, bringing China into the WTO because I was afraid of exactly this very thing that we're dealing with. But in the way that this played out, agriculture has been one of the businesses that's benefited from the China situation. Clearly, steel hasn't, and autos, and some of these other industries, but we've benefited. Because what they did is they took 200 million people out of the countryside, moved them into town, and we've been able to move into those markets. You know, we've benefited. You know, I, I don't see, well, that's what I don't get about this strategy. Whatever they end up doing, I, I can't see that it's going to do anything but hurt agriculture from given where we are right now. But maybe I don't see something that I should. I don't, I don't know, but it, I don't get it. Congressman Peterson, we want to thank you a lot for taking time out of an incredibly busy schedule to visit with us here on Open Mic. Uh, you're familiar. It's Open Mic and you get the last word. Well, I'm out here at the, uh, research farm we're going to look at some corn and some other stuff and they're waiting to get me in the rig here in the gators so i gotta get running our thanks to colin peterson the ranking member on the house agriculture committee our guest this week on open mic agripulse open mic is brought to you by ncis the national crop insurance services america's crop insurance industry is thankful for the continued support of farmers, commodity organizations, rural businesses, lenders, and lawmakers who are fighting to maintain a strong farm safety net. Crop insurance remains the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. 
for AgriPulse. I'm Jeff Daly.